You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, July 23rd, and this is the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., coming to you 12 floors up from an undisclosed location here in Oklahoma City. want to thank you so much for making us a part of your day and coming up in this podcast. The Thunder are doing everything they can to save money, but you can't call them cheap. We'll explain the difference between cheap and saving money and discuss a little bit more, maybe just how Dennis Schroeder fits in with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Also, Dakari Johnson, since Friday, which was our last podcast, has been traded twice. On Friday, he was dealt to the Orlando Magic for Rodney Purvis. Now he's been dealt to the Memphis Grizzlies. Can Dakari Johnson find a team to fit in with? We get into that. And what is the window for Russell Westbrook and Paul George? How soon do they need to accomplish getting to the NBA Finals? I think that is definitely worth discussing. So that's segment number one, which is jam-packed. Segment number two, we get to hear from Ennis Canner. He was making the rounds at Fox Sports today, had a chance to step in with uh, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp on the Disputed and shed some light on the Kevin Durant situation, which flies in the face of everything that I have been told by players on when a guy leaves a team and how his former teammates react. Also, there's a matter of Ennis Canner defending Russell Westbrook to Colin Cowherd, and by doing that, did in fact Ennis Cantor turn Colin Cowherd into a Russell Westbrook fan. So all that is segment number two. And then finally, in segment number three, the problem of working in an opinionated business and giving you an opinion on things that are yet to come. As every talk show host looks into their crystal ball, what was I hearing this weekend about the possible NBA season, which made me want to tap the brakes for a lot of talk show hosts and really a lot of teams. If you don't know who I am, my name is Eric G. I did radio here in Oklahoma City for a while and hopefully we'll be doing it again sometime in the very near future. Also, I've been hosting the Locked on Thunder podcast now for a few months and help out Thunder Digest on occasions. I hosted a lot of Thunder post games. I hosted the occasional pregame. I'm a credentialed member of the media. And if you like what you hear, you can go to LockedOnThunder.com. And we also have video and audio posted from players, coaches, and members of the front office. And I've been lucky enough to um, hey, been do that for now for five years. So, hey, it's been a lot of fun. I think I've said that. So I'm sorry about being redundant. Let's jump into segment number one and discuss the business at hand with the Oklahoma City Thunder. First, Akari Johnson, who is now a member of the Memphis Grizzlies. If you haven't seen the news, and maybe this is the first time you're hearing it via this podcast, yes, on Friday while I was en route to Dallas, Dakari Johnson gets traded from Oklahoma City for Rodney Purvis, and it looks like the Thunder are just going to dump Rodney Purvis. You get him, you take the contract, and then get it off your hands as quickly as possible, which also seemed to be the whole reason Orlando was taking on Dakari Johnson. Get him, dump the salary. Well, now they've spun him to Memphis. And to be honest, I'm really not sure what that means for Dakari Johnson. We knew that his time in Oklahoma City was probably in jeopardy because of the signing of Nerlens Noel, but when you've played in the Summer League for four years 
and have gone back and forth between the D League, now G League, and the big club as what we will call them and what they were referred to in, uh, what was it, Major League 3 or whatever it was called, back to the minors, then you know that you're just not sticking there, that this team doesn't have any faith that you're going to have any sort of impact on their organization whatsoever. That's why I kept saying Summer League is so important for a guy like Dakari Johnson because not only are you trying to show Oklahoma City what you're capable of doing, but you're also trying to put your skills on display for every other team in the NBA so somebody might see you and use you. I'm hoping Dakari Johnson works out in Memphis at this point. Nothing would shock me. It wouldn't shock me to see him get traded again. It wouldn't shock me to see him get cut. And it wouldn't shock me for his career to pretty much be exactly what it is, which is G League to Big League, and then you just can't figure out what to do with this guy, which if in that case you're Dakari, it usually means that you're on the first thing smoking overseas at some point at some time. And I guess you really can't take a train overseas, so you end up taking a plane and go overseas and try and make your career work out there. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder, trying to shed salary by making a lot of moves that they have made over the last three days, the big one being Carmelo Anthony going to the Atlanta Hawks, and eventually he'll make his way to the Houston Rockets. We know that that's going to happen, and we know that Dennis Schroeder's coming here to Oklahoma City, and Schroeder's due to make $15 million a year over the next three years, but the Thunder's tax bill goes from now being $141 million to, like, was it $84 million at this point? Say what you want to about the Thunder, and them trying to cut the tax bill, and that's always been an accusation about the Thunder is that they're cheap. They're trying to save taxes. You can't call the Thunder a cheap organization anymore, even as they make moves to shed money and get their tax situation down and do everything they can. I think, I guess they're still going to be in the repeater tax. A cheap team lets Paul George go. A cheap team doesn't sign Steven Adams to a $20 million contract. That's not what a cheap team does. And any team who's smart will figure out how to sign guys early or sign guys to contracts that will not cost them as much money as possible and will leave them some wiggle room to make moves later. That's just called good business. That's not being cheap. And it's something that the Thunder have been accused of. And I was asked today by a good friend of mine is... How much is Sam Presti to blame, essentially, for the Thunder not winning a championship? And that his time, and he, this guy says that Sam Presti's time in Oklahoma City has been good, but it hasn't been great. I'll ask you this. Taking the James Harden move out of the discussion, name me one move that Sam Presti's made that has ultimately cost the Oklahoma City Thunder a championship. Is there one? Is there a single move Sam Presti has made that is the reason that the Thunder haven't had a parade in downtown? Is there one? I can't think of one. I can think of a few injuries that got in the Thunder's way and prevented them from being as good as they were in the playoffs for about four straight years. I can think of a miraculous comeback that Golden State made, but I don't know how much of that you chalk up to Sam Presti. 
No, the dude hasn't won a championship yet, but he has made moves that certainly are making the Thunder better than what they were when Kevin Durant left. And and now if you're the Oklahoma City Thunder, Sam Presti, and a Thunder fan, you have got to kind of wonder how big of a window do Paul George and Russell Westbrook have to accomplish winning a championship here in Oklahoma City? And that certainly is a fair question to ask. And I would say that the answer is probably three years. Three years to four years, because then you're going to be talking about your two best players getting into their 30s. And what are you going to have to constantly move to keep putting around them to get them over the hump? And the Thunder did a great thing by bringing in a guy like Dennis Schroeder because it does certainly make the team a little bit younger. But now we have got to figure out what the window is for Oklahoma City. And I'll say it's about three, four years for them to win a championship But I don't know how realistic it is for Oklahoma City to win a championship in the next three to four years because Golden State will probably continue to be good. The Lakers are rebuilding now, and even though I agree more with ESPN's power rankings than I do with pro basketball talks, and ESPN has the Raptors up at five and the Thunder at six and the Lakers are are behind them, with LeBron James there, their window is small too. And they're going to do everything they can to sell free agents on the idea of coming to play as a teammate with LeBron James. The Celtics will continue to get better. The 76ers will continue to get better. So will the Milwaukee Bucks. And Toronto, now that's a head-scratcher because what's going to happen with Kawhi Leonard, which could put this conversation, make this conversation completely moot here in the next few months, But the Thunder have got to maintain not only the talent that they have and keep it healthy, but they've also got to figure out the right pieces to continue to put around this team. So maybe when there is a shot to make a run, maybe you have a year where Golden State's dinged up or Houston's dinged up and the Lakers are still waiting to develop, that's when the Thunder might be able to sneak in there and win a championship. I don't see the Thunder becoming a dynasty, but I do see that there is an opportunity to win a championship it's just that the question will remain is, are you going to take advantage of it once that opportunity presents itself? This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next, did Ennis Canner make Colin Cowherd a fan of Russell Westbrook? Find out on the Locked on Thunder pod. Did I go too hit by saying the word pod? Yeah, I should have just said podcast. I I feel when I say stuff like that, I feel like I should be about 20 years younger than what I am. Are you listening to my pod? No, it's are you listening to my podcast? I, I, I want to uh, I always want to play to my age. I never really want to necessarily tell you how old I am or make myself get off the lawn guy or show that I'm unhip. And I know I am tragically unhip. But um, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say things like pod. I should just say podcast. Anyway, Ennis Canner making the rounds today at Fox Sports, talking to the guys at Undisputed. We'll get to that in a second. Also, talking with Colin Cowherd. And Canner did what every single Russell Westbrook teammate not named Kevin Durant does. He defended Russell Westbrook and may have actually sold Colin Cowherd that Westbrook is not near as bad a teammate as, well, Cowherd thinks he is. I heard that you love Westbrook. I do love Westbrook. I know you hate him. I love Westbrook. No, no. I actually texted him today. 
You did. Yes, I did. Would you tell me what you said? <laughs> Would you tell me what you said? I was actually on a in another show. We talk, we talk about Westbrook, and they asked me like, "Oh, is it so hard to play with Westbrook?" I said, "No." I said, "He is maybe the best teammate. I'm not talking about player. I'm talking about teammate I ever played with." Why? Because well, the way, what he does on the court, off the court, he's the guy. I know you. <laughs> I know you don't like him, but. Uh, he is the type of the guy that makes himself better and make everybody else better around him. And I don't know why he's got that reputation around the league and it was so hard to play with him. I don't think so. You never, he never frustrated you jacking up threes. Never. He dribbles the ball a lot. Let me tell you something. His mentality, his intensity, I was like, I'll tell you a story. I was on a bench sitting down. Yeah. And I, I've been in the league for like seven years now. It's going through my eighth year. I was sitting down. And some of the players then come, come say what's up to me and come say hi to me. And I was scared to even look at, look at them because if Westbrook catches me, even say hi to them, he's going to cuss at me and yell at me. That was getting me going. That was on my motivation. For him, it's like a war every night. There's no friends every time you try to bury him on that court. So it was so crazy. That, so you like, were afraid that if you said hi to an opposing player that Westbrook would rip Go you. off him, yes. It's a good thing. Later yeah, on, I got to be honest, I like that. Oh, no, it was, it was amazing because, like, how he, how he does it. Because I was scared. There was a player. I said, what's up? I said, what's up? It was in Golden State. I'm not going to tell who. I said, what's up to him? And then he turned around. He catched me and said, what's up to him? He started yelling at me. He started cussing at me. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh, please forgive me. Yes. That's an impressive story. Yes. Makes me like Westbrook. Oh, yeah. I mean, you should like Westbrook more, man. Yeah, but it's kind of quirky personality. It's kind of moody, right? But to the media, he's very different. And he's I, not nice to us. No, nice. And, I mean, you guys are so tough on him. So I'm, I'm with him on that one. But on the court, off the court, man, he's one of the best guys to ever hang out with, man. He makes jokes. He laughs. He eats gummy bears and drinks snapples on a plane. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a good dude, man. He plays 2K and stuff. He's, he's, he's a, like a really chill dude, man. People don't know about that side of Westbrook. All they think about is like, oh, he yells, he cuss, he dunks on people, he goes crazy. But the other side of Westbrook is very chill, low-key, and pretty nice guy. You've- Let's discuss the obvious and not so obvious about the things that Ennis Canner just said in that almost three-minute clip there from Fox. And first, first and foremost, one of the reasons why Colin Cowherd is happy about Russell Westbrook is because Colin Cowherd, whether you want to believe it or not, is still a fan at heart just like the rest of us. And we've always wanted players to have that sense of, of rivalry that we have. We want them to hate the way that we hate. And that was the thing that Oklahoma City fans always embraced about Russell Westbrook is when Kevin Durant left, it crushed them, and Russell Westbrook decided that he was going to hate the Golden State Warriors more than probably most of the fans decided that they would hate the Golden State Warriors, which is just completely different than what you get out of most professional athletes today. So there's one... That's the obvious. Two, another obvious, Ennis Cantor talking about how the media is too hard on him and Russell Westbrook isn't nice to the media. If Russell Westbrook would show the media more of that personality that Ennis Cantor talked about, eating gummy bears, drinking Snapple, playing NBA 2K, then the media would, would back off. And that's, absolute, that's the absolute 100% truth. I hate saying that because... We're supposed to be objective, and whether a guy's a good guy or a bad guy, we're supposed to give just 
an unbridled opinion on exactly what he does on and off the court. But if you show your personality and you're inviting, that that will eventually sway the media's opinion. And if, if Russ ever wants to do that, he's going to have way more people on his side than he will right than he does right now. And I don't think that's necessarily the people are against him. They just don't feel bad about criticizing him because it's like, well, hey, he's just going to be, he's going to act like a jerk anyway. And I'm not saying that Russell Westbrook is, but hey, he's just going to be mean to us anyway, so I might as well criticize him. That is how a, a lot of people think, and not just in the media, but on an, an everyday situation. The other thing that comes out of this is that aside from Kevin Durant, everybody seems to really like playing alongside Russell Westbrook. So at some point, you're going to see this whole narrative about Russell Westbrook eventually get destroyed because it's only one of, because there really is only one of two things. People don't want to talk about him and say he's a bad teammate because they're scared to death of him. Or he's a better teammate than what he's been given credit for. And I'm going to think it's the latter. That, that guys, for the most part, aren't scared to death of Russell Westbrook. I also think, and and look, saying it would, you know, in his candor, talking about how great it was to play alongside Russell Westbrook, you have to have a shell. People talk about thick skin. Thick skin doesn't quite cover it for Rush. You've got to have a shell to play alongside Russell Westbrook because he's going to rip you apart. He's got extremely high standards, and he makes no bones about that. So for Ennis Canner, it worked out. For other guys, I can see like a Kevin Durant, not so much. Speaking of Kevin Durant, Ennis Canner now on Undisputed talking about some things that completely fly in the face of what all we've been told by professional athletes when guys decide they're leaving organizations. So give us some insight into Oklahoma City because you played there, you saw it. <clears throat> How do you explain the breakup between Durant and Westbrook? Were you, were you surprised at all? Uh, the Durant living? Yeah. Well, for, let me say this. People, a lot of people don't know because I'm so hard on the Durant. I actually texted him after he made his decision. I said, hey, mm. good luck, man. You know, just it's, it's in the did end, it's business. Back? You gotta understand. He did text back. That's good. Uh, and then uh, after that, I learned that he did not even text one person. Wow. That really hurt us, hurt me, and hurt us because we were like brothers. You mm -hmm. know, we lost their series three one mm -hmm. to four four three. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, you know what? My thing was like, hey, come back again, try to do it next year. And then uh, when he, I was everybody was shocked that when he signed with you know Golden State, it's like they just won seventy three games. They don't need no help. You know? So was it the shock of him signing with Golden State or the shock of him just leaving in general? Signing with Golden State. Huh. So if he'd have left and went anywhere else, he'd have been cool. I'd be like, well, I mean, I would not be cool. Right. But I would but be been like, okay. I, I yeah. get it. But like, man, I was a Golden State. We just lost them. They just break a record, whatever. <laughs> like, come on, man. Mm -hmm. They were like brothers. You kind of do that to your brothers. And then like hurt everybody. And then I remember his first game back to OKC. It was the ugliest game ever. Mm -hmm. He dropped 40 on Ooh. you. Mm. He's like, he got new brothers. Everything that I've ever heard from any athlete, that completely contradicts what, what all is said. Most athletes will tell you, most of the guys at least I worked with and have had a chance to talk to, is that when a professional athlete makes a decision, 
to either stay with a particular organization or leave a particular organization, there's really not a lot of hard feelings because it's business. And there's this us-against-them mentality when it comes to athletes versus ownership, athletes versus management, being coaches, front office people whatsoever. And that when you're teammates, you just sort of understand, hey, you've got to do what's best for you because there's going to come a time where I have to do what's best for me. Kevin Durant is the complete antithesis of that. And what Ennis Kanter just said proves that while what I have been told I don't believe to be a complete falsehood, but it's just not always true. And that you do form these relationships and these bonds with other guys that you're on a team with, the guys that are in the front office or are part of ownership. And there is this sense of wanting to accomplish something together, especially when you were in a position like Oklahoma City was, where you were one win, one win away from going to the NBA Finals and let it get away from you by allowing Golden State to come back from that three games to one deficit. You wanted, essentially what Ennis Kander was saying, is that everybody in the organization, he wanted everybody in the organization to feel like, let's go get him again. And because Kevin Durant didn't, that ultimately hurt. And then, of course, there was the texting, not texting, who's Kevin Durant talking to, who he's not going to talk to. Was he gutless enough to, to, to not talk to anyone? And it certainly sounds that way. But, yeah, it sucks. It sucks that Kevin Durant didn't text anyone and couldn't man-to-man, face-to-face, saying, hey, look, I don't think we can get it done here. I'm going someplace where they can. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. In segment number three, The issues with working in an extremely opinionated business and what the major lesson is about working in the opinion business, all that's coming up on the Locked on Thunder podcast. If you like what you hear, you can get more of it at LockedOnSports.com. We have podcasts from the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NBA. Local experts on the biggest stories. That's LockedOnSports.com and LockedOnThunder.com for all your Locked On Thunder podcast and video and audio from players and coaches. And we are expanding the Locked On Podcast Network. That's really all I can say about that right now. I'm hoping I'm a part of it. Knock on wood if you're listening, David Locke. But yes, there are bigger things coming to uh, LOPN, and I hope you're excited about it because I certainly am. One of the lessons to learn in being in the opinion business, one of the lessons is, the major lesson is, is you're going to be wrong. You're going to say stuff that's going to be wrong. And ultimately, when you say stuff that's wrong, the people that listen love it. As much as they want what we call social currency, which is, For me to give you nuggets and then you to go out and have conversations with your friends and use that as your own. Like, listeners, we've been told throughout our career, listeners love that. So I try and give you that as much as possible. The other thing you love is for us to be wrong because it makes us look human or stupid or whatever. And you're going to be wrong, especially when you've got to have opinions now on things that are taking place, and all you can really do is throw a dart on the board and just take your best guess, like with the current state of the NBA. None of us know how LeBron James is going to work out in Los Angeles. It could be a total crap fest, but yet LeBron may also win a championship. 
I think it's going to be closer to crap fest than championship. I'll tell you that right now, that I don't see this working out and it resulting in a Lakers ring. But I was listening to, I had a chance to listen to a lot of sports talk radio this weekend, and it seemed that there were a lot of hosts on a lot of national shows that that need to tap the brakes. They want to buy into the Lakers. They want to buy into LeBron. But one, we don't know that Kawhi Leonard is going to join them. Everybody is basing their opinions on Kawhi Leonard joining the Lakers. Kawhi Leonard may very well stay in Toronto. Kawhi Leonard may end up someplace else. We don't know what's going to happen with the Celtics. We don't know how healthy they're going to be. But you want those opinions now. So a year from now, two years from now, we can all revisit it and have a good laugh, generally at the host expense. So... With that in mind, here's what I'm going to throw out. I will say that the Oklahoma City Thunder make the finals before LeBron James does with the Los Angeles Lakers. I will say that Kawhi Leonard doesn't end up as a member of the Lakers, thus giving Oklahoma City the chance to get to the finals before the Lakers do. And... I will even go so far as to say that the Houston Rockets will win a championship in one of the next two years. That Golden State will either run out of gas or they'll get hurt. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see any of those predictions. And to be honest, I don't see any of those predictions be bold. You want bold? I'll give you a bold one. The Milwaukee Bucks make the finals before the Philadelphia 76ers. How's that for bold? That is my hot sports opinion. Bucks make the finals before the 76ers do, and the 76ers fall into that Lakers category and never quite live up to expectations. Won't be as disastrous as the Lakers, but I'll just say that that young talent that can't help but be good somehow doesn't seem to make it all work, and they turn out to be a lot more like the Oklahoma City Thunder, where they're really good, but they just don't have a ring to show for it. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, and uh, we'll do this again tomorrow afternoon from our undisclosed location here in OKC. Again, 12 floors up. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G saying, ELE, everybody love everybody, and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, Every day.